are listening to Up To Me Radio, the best in inspirational talk radio. It's up to me. Healthier View. This is Beth, one of the hosts for the show. Dr. Clithro couldn't make it today. I think he's off saving lives at the hospital or something amazing like that. So I have a dear friend, Marlise Ledbetter, joining me today. Um, before I introduce our special guest, let me give you a little background on Marlise. He has such a beautiful spirit and has become such a good friend of mine. We think alike, or as I like to say, we're like-minded about health and life in general. But when I told her that I was going to be interviewing Gary Golding from Discovery Channel's show Naked and Afraid, she was pretty excited to be a part of this. But Marley, thank you so much for agreeing to help me out today. Absolutely. I'm so excited about meeting Gary. This is just so cool. It's such an amazing show. And I've heard a lot of cool things about you, Gary. You know, um, well, I am so thrilled to be bringing Gary Golding back on. Actually, for his third time on A Healthier View, Gary is so inspirational, and he has such a powerful message to share with the world, and he happens to have been on the show Naked and Afraid four times with his fifth season airing in late April for next Excel season. Wow. And for those of you that don't know who Naked and Afraid is, it is, okay, it is a show where they put a man and a woman or like a group of people in a very remote location with, get this, no clothes, no food, no water, only two items to make it through the entire challenge. Like, that's crazy. Right? So, Marlies, do you think you or your husband could make it through one of these challenges? My husband totally could. I I don't think that I'm like mentally or physically prepared for it at this point. Like I would definitely have to just like get in marathon mode. <laughs> I right, think right. I probably could after some training, but my husband is like all into survivalist, uh, survivalism. So yeah, I think he would. I don't know how he'd feel about being naked the whole time though. <laughs> right. Well, without further ado, I would like to welcome Gary to a healthier you. Welcome back, my friend. Well, thank you very much. It's good to be back. I, uh, I, I'm sitting here naked uh, doing this interview. Heck yes. <laughs> it's like the most freeing <laughs> thing in the world. <laughs> I love it. Kidding. I love I'm it. Not... Hey, more power to you. <laughs> right. Uh, so so I have to you? ask you. I, I have to ask, because you brought up <laughs> being naked in, um, right now, how uncomfortable has it been when you're on the show and you meet your, your partner the first time with no clothes? Like, what is that experience like when you first meet someone? Uh, well, you know, I'm, it doesn't bother me hardly at all. So I just kind of, you know, it's a little, it's just kind of a little awkward. Some people 
feel more awkward than others. I don't feel very awkward at all. So, you know, it's just, um, it's, it's a little awkward, not too bad. You know, some you, people have a lot I of mean, anxiety about it, but I, de- I definitely do not. Do you guys ever have to have like conversations about, you know, your nakedness with each other? Are there ground rules that are set? I mean, how does that kind of start out? You know, there are, uh, they, they start coming up with some more ground rules in a sense due to the fact that some people may think maybe crossed some lines at some point. <laughs> yeah. But, oh, wow. Yeah. But, but it's, it's pretty, it's pretty open. You know, we could kind of say what we want, but if you get out of, if you get too out of line, they're going to say something to you. Yeah, I bet. You, you know, know, if you get, if you get way, really weird about it, they might even just throw you off if like let's say, let's say somebody's uncomfortable oh, yeah. you know oh yeah i bet gosh that's yeah. got to be so crazy i mean i know that being in front of someone else i think nakedness is so beautiful but th- yeah there's got to be a level of anxiety and and setting boundaries with things i i can't imagine being out in the middle of nowhere and then right? you know yeah. dealing Double with bugs. right oh like hey can you stick take, take this out of my <laughs> something yeah. Uh, yeah. What well, one girl got had twenty one ticks in her something. Oh, <laughs> oh, God. oh no! Oh true my sto- God, that's like a, true story. That's like a horror movie to me. That's that's like ticks freak me out. My husband got Lyme disease from a tick, and just the first thing I always think of is like, can you imagine if it got like you know up there? Oh, uh, that's just a nightmare. Yeah, one girl had twenty one. Oh my oh gosh! gosh. Could wow! You imagine, yeah. could, could, could you imagine that? Like, no. Now, 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 the no. reason I bring that the reason I bring that up is because a lot of people I've had people say, "Oh, that's not real; it's reality TV." As they're talking to a man who's gotten helicoptered to a hospital with third degree burns down his throat and injured kidneys and put in a hospital for five days on IV. I uh, had another friend that was put in the hospital for a month with spinal meningitis with a 45% fatality rate. Another person on there that was on a walker for a year because she got dengue oh fever. My gosh. So as people yeah. tell us, that's not real. I'm like, oh, really now? <laughs> Let me tell you. Yeah. You know, here, uh, yeah. We sign, up, are- we sign up to die. We sign up to die. I mean, I think that would be the premise of the show. Yeah. Like, exactly. good luck. Good luck. We hope you survive. What kind of, I, I would like to see the clauses on your legal documents. That's crazy. Right. So, yeah. Gary, the people that are picked on to be on the show have some sort of survivalist background. And I know you live your life with this mentality of sorts pretty much your whole life. But what made you not only want to be on the show for the first time, but five times now? Uh, well... You, know, you have a mental a, problem. <laughs> yeah, I do. I'm just kidding. I'm just I, kidding. <laughs> I, no, no, I, no, I do. I have a very severe mental problem. And uh, it's, uh, <laughs> as you tapped into, just by me going on this challenge. And it's not a show. We don't call it a show. We, we call it a challenge. And um, because it is real. And so it's not like just a show. You know what I mean? Where they're just doing stuff for show. It's a real challenge. And so... Uh, yeah, I've proven uh, going on five times I, that I do have a mental problem. <laughs> and, and, and my, you know, one of my mental problems is uh, I, 
you know, I, I go on the challenge to carry a message to humanity. I've infiltrated mainstream media with a message for the world. I have it tattooed on my back for the rest of my life, blasted huge on my back. It says, consume as little as possible. The most powerful sentence known to all humanity. Because if every single human being on Earth did that today, the planet would be cleaner by tomorrow. And Oh, for sure. Yeah, and it's highly underestimated. And so... You know, I will tell you something as I see people point at the corporations and fossil fuel and plastics. And I say, no, it's you. It is you. Point the finger at yourself because they Mm -hmm. only give what you demand of them. And so if you're wearing gold and you're wearing diamonds and you're complaining about fossil fuel and plastic, rip the diamonds out of your ears before you even open your mouth. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. if you're going to participate in the shallowest part of the display of society when it comes to status and um, and uh, and vanity, well, then you better not talk about fossil fuel for a second. Because yeah, this is be something so hard for people to progress into that, like just because of the conditioning that we've had for so many years as human beings and the lifestyles and, and societal uh, mainstream media and things like that, it's, it's hard for people to even grasp moving forward, even in the smallest steps. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's, it's funny. I've had environmentalists. Uh, I showed up to do an interview with an environmentalist and she saw me as a beekeeper and a bee person that saves bees at this fair. And she, and she, and even environmentalists don't always grasp what I'm saying at first. And so she goes, so what is it that you do? again and i said i'm a man who lives for a sentence and she said i i know but what is it that you do and i said i'm a man that lives for a sentence and and i she goes yeah but you you do bees right and i said so i said okay let me put it in perspective for you i teach children how to grow food at environmental schools i go on a challenge around the world with a message tattooed on my back i save bees i feed the homeless out of trash cans so no i'm not just a beekeeper you see i do a whole bunch of things that revolve around a sentence and then it kind of then it kind of clicked with her and she realized Oh, because people want to put you in boxes all the time. They got these little check boxes, and it's what you. What I right? the reason I'm going. The reason I'm going here is because you brought up the indoctrinations. A lot of women think that you can't. How can you get married without an engagement ring? Uh, oh my God! You know, there's a time our our species is so stupid. There's a time that your doctor was smoking a cigarette while he was checking your heartbeat. <laughs> Right. Oh, my I God. I hate to say this. My mom was a nurse and she smoked. So I get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It makes so, no sense to me. People always condemn um, me being in the natural, natural you know, homeopath and cannabis and fungi medicine. And they're like, well, what about this? And it's like, we've been lied to so many times in the past. Like, I just don't even know what to think anymore. But I do know for thousands of years, we've been already using these medicines. So thanks. I'll stick to that. Yeah, oh, yeah. Those those are just plants you know just medicine right and and it's you know that's that's one of my favorite subjects is uh wild edibles and medicinal plants because uh i'll give you an example it's i tell people the knowledge of plants is the knowledge of everything and most people on this planet are trying to master plants they just don't know it and i'll give you a good breakdown of that 
you use plants the wrong way. Here's one way to ruin your life with plants. You want to get something from a poppy called heroin made from a plant, cocaine made from a plant. Um, you know, uh, like these addictive drugs made from plants, tobacco, cigarettes made from a plant, alcohol made from a plant. Now you use those a whole bunch. You're going to get addicted. You're going to get sick. You're going to get cancer. You're going to die. Now, when you wake up to this, you go, I need to wean myself off of this addiction to plants. So I'm going to go to this room and confess myself and say, hi, my name's Steve. I'm a such and such. And everybody goes, welcome, Steve. And then you're able to smoke cigarettes in that room and eat a ton of sugar. Where does that come from? Plants, because they give you a cake. And you drink a lot of coffee. What's that made of? Plants, coffee beans. So now you're addicted to coffee, cake, and cigarettes. And you're talking about this terrible situation you had with all these plant addictions that you didn't even look at it as plants. And then when you really wake up, you go, holy crap. And then you start eating broccoli and you start eating spinach and juicing and you start using plants to cure cancer, make you stronger. So most people on this planet are trying to master plants and they don't even know it. Yeah. And that's, I mean, it's beautiful. And I love how we're all three like-minded. So we're all going to have to chit chat later on, but um, I want to know what is your best memory and your least favorite memory from all five seasons so far? Oh, uh, you know, I'm a kind of a crazy guy in a certain area. My best memories would be the laughter with people, but also, um, I, you know, my favorite memory is probably um, when I found the uh, this that that dead maggoty animal on the ground. Then I lived off of it for a week, and I like this. It's an adversity story. Like, and I lived off of it for a week while my team members uh, made fun of me, and I was getting stronger and stronger. And so it went perfectly along with my outcast sort of personality and society and my eccentric like sort of style in society. I'm judged, you know, I put on display for a couple of years in social media, how I was living and eating out of trash cans and I was doing it in a way to sort of highlight and brag the other direction. So as someone shows their food that they made from, at a, that they got from a fine dining restaurant, you know, they take pictures and they post it all the time. Well, I would brag the opposite direction. I would brag about eating garbage. So here I am now living off the wild, being judged by other people that are survivalists and supposed to be living like cavemen as myself who are judging me out there for eating like a whole bunch of meat that was perfectly good, but it had maggots around it. And I, that is honestly my favorite memory because that was the sort of uh, it sort of like made me pop and it highlighted me and what I'm really about as a human. Mm-hmm. Wow, that is so beautiful. Like um, I'm a man. I'm a man who, who eats maggots like dessert. I eat tarantulas like they're cookies. Like and I'm and I'm yes. and I really do like yum they yum. Also for, nutritious though. <laughs> yeah, and 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 I love that. I look around me. And it's my the little boy in me loves the attention because even they're going, oh, dude, God, man, ooh, bro. I'm going, really? You having a problem with this? <laughs> they're, they're delicioso. So you're telling me, is it is it hard to make friends? <laughs> uh, you know, it's 
it attracts uh, it attracts people and it repels people and it's a great filter it, you know because it does attract people on a higher level of awareness in my opinion yeah so speaking yeah. of that um gary did you make friends and do you um, keep in touch with anybody from the show that you would think of as your dream partner for a future season uh absolutely uh i have this beautiful partner that was uh on on my challenge with me named blair who was just such a sweetheart and who really took advice and took suggestions and was super sweet through everything and didn't judge uh really and stayed a total amazing partner through uh things and and then my last challenge which is going to be coming out my partners were really really great um so but i have a uh you know a person i connected with out there was uh i connected with a guy named me and matt were arch we were like rivals and enemies in the XL and we really fought like cats and dogs. Then we went out there and we connected and we bonded and became good friends. And, uh, you know, we work well together. We have this unit that like, he likes to hunt. I don't, I like building a shelter. He'll branch off and we got this well-oiled machine. So there's several people actually that I really vibed with out there, but Blair, I was very, very connected to as a human being and how we got along. And But there's one episode I did alone, and that is I connected with a little turtle named Timmy the Turtle, and we hung out. Aww. And I let Timmy go, and I didn't eat Timmy. <laughs> <laughs> so whenever, whenever anybody asks me who was your favorite partner, I say, Timmy the Turtle. Timmy the Turtle. So it wasn't Wilson of volleyball? <laughs> Uh, he kidding. was like my he was like my Wilson. Yeah, Wilson. Yeah. But but but, but, but he know. was alive. But he was alive. Yeah, he <laughs> and, was totally alive. <laughs> and it was his lucky day that I wasn't that hungry. <laughs> right? Oh my gosh. I bet turtle meat, I've never had it, but I bet it's delicious. <laughs> I bet it you know, and thinking back on parts of the show and the show's history, I think I, I it's a challenge. A call, call call it ladies, okay. call it a challenge. The, yes, the challenge history i think i could um go a fairly long time without food but add in not getting quality sleep um into the equation or not having a good partner who is supportive i think i would go bonkers did you find it that being alone was more difficult or not having a good dynamics with your group more difficult oh man i love being alone i there was this rush this feeling that you get like if you ever go camping and you hear a noise outside Right. And you're like, whoa, what is that? And then and maybe even if you have someone to bounce off of and go, did you hear that? Okay. Now imagine having, hearing those noises, but you're naked and completely alone, completely vulnerable. And I was in Belize and there was real Jaguar. There was a Jaguar circling me. Uh, we found it scat and some paw prints and there was really a jaguar rocking around me. I remember this tapir would come every night and the tapir didn't give a crap. They don't, they, they just tromp through everything. It was just crash, 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 just walking through the bushes and the branches. And the first night I was like, what the, what the hell is that? And I didn't have any shelter yet. I was just laying out in the open. And um, 
So the rush, when you know that you can survive in a jungle, and I did my first one alone. My partner left after very soon in in Brazil. And so I've, I've spent 35 or 36 days out there alone in the wilderness, naked. And the rush of knowing I could do this all alone, what it speaks to you, what it says to you as a person and your capabilities. You know, for me, camping is uh, like... She's, you know, I got some clothes on. I'm good. You know, I, I, I've got, I've been in the mindset of being completely alone and completely naked in some very harsh wilderness, very real wilderness. Wow. So I like, so I, like you, being, I like being alone. I like being alone. So that was you, but you didn't have go ahead. Oh, I was going to, I was just going to ask him about the tours in California. Cause like, you, I mean, you like to be alone yet you introduced this to um, other people. Is that correct? Oh, I take people kayaking with whales, snorkeling with sea lions. Um, uh, if, oh, diving for sea urchins and eating them off the ocean floor. If you want to go do a grunion run, which is a bunch of smelt, like sardine looking fish that legs by the millions up and down the coastline here every year, I'll take you and I'll squeeze the eggs right out of the fish and suck them right out of the fish throw it back and wow. I mean <clears throat> I mean it is my life to uh yeah and then with children I uh teach children how to grow their own food and a lot of times out of the compost bin I'll get a big grub out of there and just eat it right in front of the kids and uh they scream and they love that <clears throat> I bet they oh, I bet guys I bet now can you tell us a little bit more about feeding the homeless from the trash bin. I knew that was such an interesting story. I've heard it before, but I would love for you to tell our audience about that. Well, I, I got a bunch of free range chicken, just not quite expired yet. It wasn't expired. Uh, uh, I got, uh, 50 eggs and I boiled them and I got, I found a bunch of chocolate chip cookies and a bunch of bananas that were still green. And I put them all in a package and I cooked everything up and I gave it to the homeless on Skid Row. And uh, what I really enjoyed about that is it's sort of that Jesus-esque thing. You know, Jesus fed, what, 4,000 people or something from a loaf of bread and a couple of fish, right? In mm-hmm. other words, from, from yeah. nothing. So I fed all these people from what was considered nothing because it was going to just rot and go in the trash. And it's illegal to do. So I was a big, bad outlaw, big, mean, bad lawbreaker, which I really enjoy breaking laws that, uh, I feel, you know, should, or it can be a little ridiculous, but I understand why they exist. So there, it had this dynamic to it <clears throat> that had a pretty heavy edge to it. That is, uh, also I've had, you know, people chime in on the video saying how dare you do that how disgusting and some people say what a good man and so it's watching i I sort of like to play with society and look at their different reactions as they judge but also carry a message and show them how much food goes to waste in our world Uh, very amazing food by the way i would give away four turkeys every year to uh, families uh, that i would get out of the trash and i would put that on display and uh, I had three refrigerators. 
I would feed these, I had these three uh, single mothers that I would give food to regularly. And I just, then eventually they, the, the LAPD showed me why you don't feed the homeless in LA, for example, on skid row, they feed them every hour on the hour. And they were going through the bags, just pulling the cookies out. Some of them, they didn't even need that food. So around Thanksgiving and Christmas, you got all these people going down and feeding the homeless. They want to feel all good about themselves. Well, guess what? You're not really doing anybody any good because they are inundated with food. They get breakfast in bed and they get to, if they are a junkie, they get to keep doing their drugs. They want them to go into those missions because they want to have contact with them because they want them to change their lives. So one thing they were all asking for was water and they could really use socks. And now that was something that they could really use, but they were where I was at in California on Skid Row, they were surrounded by food and you got a bunch of people trying to feel good about themselves and going down there and handing out food all, all the time. So, um, that's really and, interesting. I didn't, I, I really didn't know that. <clears throat> yeah. It's like, it's kind of like, uh, I'll tell you a good, interesting story. I knew a guy, true story. He would hang out in front of the donut shop every day and, uh, beg for a uh, change and people would give him donuts and coffee and change. And he'd buy more booze and more dope. And he would hang out on the sidewalk right there. And this one lady used to buy day old donuts and she would feed the pigeons right there. And she would call him a piece of crap a scumbag, a loser, and be really mean and crappy to him. And uh, and he said, I got tired of feeling that way. I didn't like the way she made me feel. So I got up and I went to a rehab and it changed my life. So the most loving person out of all of those wow. people there was a woman that was basically verbally kicking him in the teeth and calling him a piece of crap because that is the woman that saved him. Now, do you understand that concept? Mm-hmm. It's like we coddle each other sometimes and baby each other with kindness into being further enabled and worse off. So with a calculated uh, eye and training, you know when to rip the blanket off the guy and give him a kick in the ribs and say, change your life, idiot. And maybe that is more love than kindness. Hard to imagine. Yeah. But no, I get it. Do, it mm-hmm. does totally work. <laughs> and totally I like to share sense. these stories because we live in a society that coddles people a lot and enables a lot of bad behavior. Well, and Jesus gave tough love. I mean, that's what he did. He didn't allow people to, to behave negative, negatively or continue their bad behavior, but he did it from a place of love. And I think that's like a great example of just a, such a great leader and a prophet of, of well, love. Well, I'll tell you what I love about my favorite hard. story. Yeah, my favorite story about Jesus, because people told me when they saw, heard some of my philosophies on, on the internet, when I would attack people for jewelry and gold and diamonds, you know, a lot of times the the housewife or the mother doesn't know that she's the bully by, par- by participating in buying Mylar balloons for her child on his birthday, because they don't know that there's a Mylar balloon factory that produces 600,000 Mylar balloons a day. So by being loving and kind to your family member, you're probably the biggest bully on the planet to actually polluting it. In other words, if you want to express love to someone by buying them gold and diamonds, well, wearing it on your body, you might be a bigger bully than you know. So what I do is I kind of go after those bullies and let them know, hey, I know I look like a bad guy, but you get into Jesus. Why? Do you know my favorite story about Jesus? And I'm not some guy preaching Christianity here, but this 
this really caught my eye because somebody told me one time they sent me this and they said you remind me of this and then it was a picture of jesus and it said he had a whip in his hands and he was chasing people with a whip and it says if anybody ever asked you what would jesus do remind them that flipping over tables and chasing people with a whip is actually on the list because what he did to the money changers back then if to put it in perspective to give it context is they were trying to convince the merchants were trying to convince the worshipers that they needed these animals in the sacrifice for their sacrifices to count in 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 the area of like these ceremonies attached to god right so that was TV. That was pre-TV. They were running commercials right there on the side, right there, those money changers and those merchants. So so nowadays they've done it with the engagement ring and they make you think you need this thing attached to this ceremony that's actually done in a church under God. And so Jesus actually flipped over the tables in the temple and chased people with a whip. So I said, I don't know what book you read, but that was violence right there. And I love how violent Jesus was because he actually, like you said, took the time because he wasn't walking around floating on a cloud in a white robe, rubbing people's cheeks going, Oh my child. No, there's a moment in that book. If you believe in that book that he actually flips over tables and chases people with a whip. All, you know, I've had I've, some all against great materialism. <laughs> you're, you're right. And I've had great conversations about religion with both of you. So I love it. But Marlene, I would love to challenge you, and I want to go with you. I would love to go down to the Greyhound Station, downtown Houston, with you and feed the homeless. I mean, just to be a part of that. I think Gary has really, you know, inspired me. Would you like to do that with me? Absolutely. I think even more than that, we can bring them shoes and, and socks, like Gary said. And, um, and and we'd have to really dive in to see what the food situation is down there. I, I think that our, our city is so rich. Um, that I would, I would imagine that there is good food centers. Um, but like, uh, so many people say they forget about shoes. They forget about blankets. They forget about socks. And, um, mm-hmm. I think we did, let's put our heads together. Cause I think that would be something amazing and beautiful. And, and I love giving back like charity is my, is the center of my heart. Um, making sure that we're, you know, helping people, you know, in, and inspire them to help themselves too, which is what yeah. you brought up that I love that. Like you do have to sometimes give people a kick but those that are feeling down and out sometimes can't get out of the cycle in their own mind so let's let's do it I'll, yeah I'm yeah yeah now, now i want to let you know i'm aware of that people that are down and out can't get out of the cycle of their own mind and and sometimes to break that cycle in their mind a little bit of uh sometimes tough love is what works and um now the thing about it is like you said if you go down to Houston, you might learn something. You might learn that there's missions everywhere and those people are eating all day long. Like in LA, I found out they were eating every hour on the hour and um, the missions feed them at one mission. will feed them at nine. Then the other one opens at 10. The other one opens at 11. And so they actually have like these few missions down there that open at different times on purpose, you know, so for whenever they wake up or can get around to it. And yeah, they need, socks uh sanitary goods you know what i mean something to maybe brush their teeth and and you'll find a lot of them don't want it and um so yeah it is an interesting it's a very learning you know very much a learning experience to go down there because you know i'm not someone who just enjoys being mean to people but i do well, no. uh, sort of pick on people and laugh at people who think that being kind is always the answer <laughs> yeah and I was shocked when I moved to Houston. I was literally, I mean, I grew up in Indianapolis where, they, you know, 
homeless population was not really flourishing. And here, I mean, there are tents just down on that 59 corridor and it's pretty intense. But yeah, I mean, Marlies, I would love to do that with you. Look at a couple of our girlfriends and do that. Yeah, we should totally do that. What's that? We'll do it in your name. We'll say Gary Golding actually inspired us to do this. Promise you. <laughs> you know, what I did do in my, this, this is where the learning experience led me at one point. So once I saw that, I was like, well, then where are the people that I should be feeding? And this girl saw me online doing, the, and, and I used to put this stuff online every day on Facebook. I was a garden teacher, you have to remember. I'm a garden teacher at environmental schools. So I teach children how to grow their own food. So this madman, I always joke around with people. I say, can you believe they let this crazy man near five-year-olds? <laughs> and, so, and, so, and so anyways, <clears throat> this girl who knew me saw me. I would put out a, like a, I would get my, my straw hat, my lifeguard hat, and I would lay it open and I'd fill it full of tangerines and apples and like chard and I'd have it all spilling out looking like a horn of plenty, you know? And I would sit there behind it with my arms all stretched out and I'd have it on the table in front of me. And I used to put up crazy posts. They would be just like this. They would say, uh, I get all of this for free and I eat organic food for free every day while all of you dumb idiots pay for yours. And I would put stuff like that on there. <laughs> and so I would just do this. I just was this total shock jock energy. And I wanted it to be entertaining and have people like, look at this jerk like can you believe this so this one girl saw me doing that online and she goes gary i i I went to a rehab and it was a rehab for women who had children right and she said people bring us canned food all the time and all kinds of bread and crap but we need that type of stuff that's the healthy stuff we need Uh, so then i found the place and i started bringing all the vegetate the vegetables and the fruit that i would get to this rehab house for women and children. And then I found the people that needed the food that, that needed it. Right. And so this learning thing that I would d- dove into feeding the homeless from a trash can on skid row. And it made me tap into where, you know, to find the people that need it. And so then I put the word out online and then that's how I found three single mothers that wanted a uh, free food. And I said, well, come on down. And then I started finding the people that could use it and needed it. You know, that's yeah. so beautiful. And, and we do need to be teaching people to, to choose healthier options. And the fact that you're doing that is just so remarkable. And, and what inspired <sighs> you? Like, how did you get into teaching in the first place? Like a teacher mindset is very different than it sounds like sometimes being a loner survivalist. So like, how did you get into that side? Oh, that's, that's, I like that question. It's a beautiful question, actually, because that actually came from another display I did. You know, I knew this girl years ago in my party days and we used to walk, I used to walk her around the neighborhood and I would show her the edible plants, the medicinal plants. So she knew I had all this knowledge about all these plants. Right. And then I I didn't see her for like 15 years and she became a teacher. And then I got into saving bees. And so I started posting this online, how I would save bees and, and humanely relocate them to someone else. And, and I would take the bees from someone's house that wanted to remove from their attic. And then I'd give them to someone in a bee box, a beehive and take it to their house and relocate them. She was like, Oh my God, look what Gary's doing. So she said, so she reached out to me because, you know, I was doing this 
stuff in social media, but I was acting like a complete madman. But she knew me as a human, so she knew how I really was. So she trusted me around kids. So she said, Gary. So she, to her, that was just a funny thing. And she just looked right past it. She goes, Gary, would you come teach the kids at my school about bees? And I said, yeah, sure. And so I, I'll bring a bunch of live ones in this little display hive I got, right? So I brought a bunch of live bees to the school. And I did it for her five times for free. But every time I did it, her boss would come. And then all these other teachers would come and watch me and they saw, and I'm, and I, and I own it. I'm not, you know, I'll, I'm very real about it. I'm amazing with children. I'm really good with kids. So mm-hmm. because I'm just, I'm just like a cartoon character. And so, so they saw how good I was with kids. And then they saw all this knowledge I have of nature. And they eventually said, man, will you work for us? And they recruited me. It was all a fluke, right? It was just this guy that loved, I loved bees and I loved the animals and I loved plants because one time they had me, they actually brought me to the school and had me walk the kids around the school and show them all the weeds they could eat off of the playground. I could, it blew my mind that they were letting me do this. That could be dangerous, right? And so my love for plants and my love for bees actually led me into being asked to be a teacher. And uh, the, the lady who was the higher up boss that, of, of the boss of even the girl that invited me, she was blown away by me. And she said, you have what we call the it factor, Gary. Like some people have to be trained and taught how to be a teacher. You just got it. And so she, what happened is she, she brought me into the company. And I was one of these people that she just kind of let do whatever you want. She's like, you just, Gary, just go do whatever you do. For some reason, whatever you do just works out good. And, and it turned into a seven year job with a resume now of being, uh, working for kids and something I developed called B warriors, wow. which is a yeah. separate thing I started on my own. And I make appearances at schools, the Jewish academies, Jewish schools love to use me around Rosh Hashanah because it revolves around honey and apples and stuff. And so then I recently did an assembly in upstate New York right before COVID hit. And it was a full auditorium and it went nuts. And they were going to start booking me to tour the nation and do assemblies around the nation. And then boom, COVID hit. So, you know, it was just me being, as you could probably hear in my voice, you know, I'm just a passionate guy. I love what I do on fire. Well, I think you're a just- child yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I have to tell you, Gary, we've been texting with this interview and she's like, he's really passionate. Yeah. So that's, we can pick up on that. And we'd love that. About yeah. You. yeah. And, and the thing is, it's just the passion led me into it. I, I never thought I'd be a teacher. I, I'm very good at teaching. I always knew I was, I helped raise a couple little ones in my life that are nephews and nieces and stuff. And, and, uh, I just, you know, I'm just a big kid and, and, and yeah. kids, lo- kids love it when you got a teacher that will eat the grubs out of the compost bin and grab a bee off the bush and let it sting them and show you how to remove it and let you hold it. Like the, they're just like, Oh my gosh, you know, it's, it's, it's just what I love to do. I get to, to me, it's playing outside and, and the kids will get to learn, you know? Yeah. You know, I'm going to make sure that um, I have all your info, your um, your website, and your Facebook information, your Instagram on the show notes, as well as the landing page of well, the show. Well, one way, GaryGolding.com. That's that simple. Right. Okay. Or, or TarzanOfLosAngeles.com. You can find me like that. But my final question, Gary, is what can you tell us about your next um, season 
without giving too much away? Uh, you're going to see me relishing and diving into things and eating things that will just like, you'll be like, oh, you know, it'll make your stomach turn and I will be just eating them. Like it's candy. That's, that's going to be part <laughs> of it. And, and you will laugh. Uh, I'm even when I'm out there doing that stuff, you know, it's funny. It's, it's life is a mental attitude. So I could be doing something very hard, harsh, heavy, and I'm always singing and I'm always dancing and I'm always like, yeah, I get to be, you know, I, uh, there's going to be a good scene, uh, that I will go, could go ahead and share, uh, me butt naked with bees. Just, it's going to be good. And, uh, and, and I was, I felt, yeah. And, uh, getting stung a whole lot. And, um, but, uh, I, I don't mind telling that a little bit. That's going to be a very interesting thing to see. Uh, but, um, you know, other than that, it's going to be a, a pretty fun challenge to watch. And, and I can't really talk about it too much, but I, I gave you a little, a little flavor, but it's all, it's, it's what's expected of me. A little teaser. Yeah. You know, perfect. I mean, people, people expect me to, if, if Gary Golding is in the season or on the show or on the challenge, they expect to see someone eating something very interesting. You know, gosh, I mean, I just love speaking with you again. This is your third time on the show. The time always just flies by. Um, but I mean, I think we're out of time here and well, no, I, look, I just, I, 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 I just want to talk, just listen for 40 more minutes. That's all. Is it? Can we do that? 40 more minutes. <laughs> <laughs> that could be a part two. A part two. Yes. I'm just kidding. Oh, uh, as you can tell, I like to talk ladies uh, and everybody listening. Yeah, I own it. I do. I, I, you know, I, to be honest, I, I kind of just, I think I almost, I just, I have a way to find to have fun doing anything, right? I, I, this is fun, and I'm and I want to thank you very much for having me on, and I'm really grateful to you, ladies. This is uh, I've enjoyed this, and so thank you so much. No, thank you so much, Gary. This was amazing. You sound, I mean, obviously you're an incredible person, and I love the reflection that you've given to us about your side of life and um, just giving perspective to so many people that it doesn't have to be absolute that you can kind of live however you want to. And this earth has plenty for all of us and the gifts of God and the plants around us and all of the creatures feed us and give us life. And I just think that's so beautiful. And I can't wait to talk to you offline. Um, we're going to have insane conversations. Thank you so much. Oh, it's my yes. pleasure. I'm grateful. Thank you. <laughs> Yes, Gary, you know, for me, thank you so much for being you, for your message and your willingness to share with us and the audience. Um, and just a reminder to everyone, Gary's next season on Naked Afraid airs on April 25th on the Discovery Channel. So make sure you're watching for that. If you enjoy listening to us at UpToMeRadio.com, then go to our A Healthier View show page to subscribe for updates, free gifts, sponsor promotions, and even more. Stay connected with us on Facebook and Instagram at Up To Me Radio. Podcasts can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to your podcasts, just search for Up To Me Radio. Until next time, have a healthy day.